Hello and welcome to the SDO podcast for Digital Media Ministry Geelong. This is a recording of the service live from St David's Uniting Church on Advent 3, 2021. Joy. Gospel according to St Luke, chapter 3, verses 7 to 18. Crowds of people came out to John to be baptised by him. You snakes, he said to them, who told you you could escape from the punishment God is about to send? Do those things that will show that you have turned from, away from your sins. And don't start saying among yourselves that Abraham is your ancestor. I tell you that God can take these rocks and make descendants for Abraham. The axe is ready to cut down the trees at the roots. Every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown in the fire. The people asked him, what are we to do then? He answered, whoever has two shirts must give one to the man who has none, and whoever has food must share it. Some of the tax collectors came to be baptised, and they asked him, Teacher, what are we to do? Don't collect more than is legal, he told them. Some soldiers also asked him, What about us? What are we to do? He said to them, Don't take money from anyone by force or accuse anyone falsely. Be content with your pay. People's hopes began to rise and they began to wonder whether John perhaps might be the Messiah. So John said to all of them, I baptise you with water. But someone who is coming who is much greater than I am I am not good enough even to untie his sandals. He will baptise you with the Holy Spirit and fire. He has his winnowing shovel with him to thresh out all the grain and gather the wheat into his barn. But he will burn the chaff in the fire that never goes out. In many different ways, John preached the good news to the people and urged them to change their ways. This is the word of the Lord. It does seem a slightly odd thing to begin a service about joy with a reading that says, you snakes and vipers. John was certainly dishing it up to the people who were listening on the day. But over this period of Advent this year, something has struck me as slightly different. Um, I may have noticed that uh, the messages have been a little mixed, that one week it's kind of going this way and the next week it's going this way. And part of what I've been exploring and thinking about during this time as we've been exploring the ideas of hope, peace, joy and then love 
is the difference between being a bearer of these things and a taker of these things. It sounds quite nice if I say to you, you're a, you're a hope bearer. You can go, oh, that's good, I'm a hope bearer. A peace bearer, that sounds wonderful. A joy bearer or someone who bears love. But if I was a taker, you're a hope taker, that sounds a little, little insulting, doesn't it? So it almost sounds like the kind of high school insult, you, you joy taker. You take the joy from every place that you go to. You peace taker. You love taker. These words bear and take actually put us into completely different places with these words. And so they should. The feeling that we experience when we might be able to consider ourselves as a bearer of these fruits, these, these great gifts, is, is completely different to when we experience ourselves as being a taker of them. So part of the challenge for this Advent and today is how much do I bear and how much do I take? A challenge for us. And it's not something we can just do once. We can't just get up, you know, one morning. And, and, and uh, you know, when I was in my first placement, there was a fairly evangelical Christian tradition. And so um, we would actually uh, do an altar call at the end of the service, at the youth service. And we would say, oh, anybody who, who is, has been moved today, come down the front and we'll pray with you. And there were some really amazing experiences that took place amongst the young people there. But what became very clear was, is that repentance, which is what John is calling for here from the people, is not something you do once and go, ah, I have repented, I'm done, I'm fixed, I'm right. It's something we actually have to do daily, hourly, minutely. I know myself that there are times, many times, where I am a joy taker. Can any of you think of a time when you've been a joy taker? When I was younger, I had a really bad habit. Um, as you might have noticed, I'm reasonably quick of wit and I work things out very quickly, especially in a narrative or a story. And you know, when I was uh, in my teens and even into my, my early and later 20s, I had this dreadful, dreadful habit of working out what the punchline of a joke would be before the person who was telling it even got close to the end of the joke. And then I would just blurt it out because I knew and I was right. What a joy taker to steal that moment. There are so many times where to prove that we are great, to make our joy complete, that we actually take the joy of others, that we know how to do things. And so we want to be able to demonstrate how great we are. The problem is that what happens is that we suck the joy out of the world around us because of our elitism, our privilege, our ability. Now, don't hear me wrong here. I'm not saying don't be good at stuff. 
I'm not saying that it's not okay. It's okay that it's not okay to celebrate our achievements. But there's a thinking process, I think a discipline that we can work through as people who are wanting to bear the fruits of the Spirit and ask ourselves, to get this joy, whose joy will I take? Whose joy will I take? Who is missing out because I have? When we first decided to put the fruit trees down the side here, um, a number of people, both within the church and outside the church, came to me and said, what if people come and take our fruit from us? What if students from across the way actually come along and they see those peaches, those, those uh, lemons, those, those berries, and they go, oh, that looks yummy, I'm just going to take one. And they eat one. And I thought to myself, how great would that be? How great would it be that people in this neighbourhood would go, if you want fruit, wander past St David's and help yourself. Wouldn't that make us bearers of fruit that lasts? As, as the mission statement we have chosen. Now, we're still a little way away from fruit, but these things take time. But there's a different way of thinking about things and a different mindset that we can have that asks us the question, are we takers or bearers? This is a countercultural question because the world tells us Take it, grab it, hoard it, make it your own. Success is built around being a part of the powerful, those who have, those who can take. Now Darwin suggested that this was a thing called survival of the fittest. Our natural tendency is to be able to, to take what we can, to be as strong as we can, and to overpower and overcome those who are weaker than us so that they may not pass their genetic material into the next generation and that each generation will be stronger than the last. We see this in the animal kingdom over and over again. We see this in our humanity as well. The hegemonic masculine world that we live in is constantly urging us to have power over others, to be joy takers, to be peace takers, to be hope takers, to be love takers. The call of God to us, the hope of humanity at our best is to be bearers of these things. What does that mean for us in our daily lives as community in the places we are? How does that work for us? How can we remember? One of the other things that I'm really, really good at is playing board games. I'm really good at playing board games. So much so that 
um, after a while, um, if I don't take good care of my reputation, I become the target of every board game. That the other players all go, look, we're sitting down to play a game, how are we going to beat Will today? And I don't mind that because it kind of ups the level for me and if I win and every other player was actually playing to my detriment, then I've won even more. How good am I that I beat you all collectively, not just individually? But when I was running my board games group in Launceston and again today, hello to all of those out at, in Guff who come along and play board games, there is a sense in which my victory condition for being there is not about playing games and winning them, but forming community and building relationships. And so thrashing everybody every single week is actually not the best way to make that happen. Now, I'm not at all saying that I throw games in order to make friends, but there's a sense in which I have to keep in mind the idea, what is it that I am trying to bear in this place? What is it that I am trying to do? What hope, what peace, what joy, what love am I trying to bring fruitfully into the world? These are incredible questions for us as individuals, as communities, and as a church. Have some of our practices brought us into a position where we are no longer bearers of hope, no longer bearers of peace, no longer bearers of joy, and worst of all, no longer bearers of love. When people think about us, when they walk past this building and they see it standing here, do they say to themselves, that is a place where I can find hope, where I can find peace, where I can find joy, where I can find love. And if not, as a community, we need to be asking ourselves the question, why not? There have been so many things as a church universal that have taken hope and peace and joy and love from the world. So many terrible stories of Christians doing terrible things. And not just back at the Crusades, like we like to go, oh, that was a long time ago. But with the way that we have related to First Peoples in our nation. The way that we have told women in abusive relationships that they must, in a complementarian way, stay with their abusive men the ways in which we have told children that they should be seen and not heard, the ways in which we have not disciplined leaders in our community who have engaged in abuse. We have earned a reputation as joy takers, peace takers, hope takers and love takers, and we have a lot of work to do to gain that reputation back. I know I'm sounding a little bit like John the Baptist now. <laughs> you snakes and vipers. 
But I think that there are times where we need to actually stop and have a look at ourselves and say, hey, what am I taking? What am I bearing? Now, if you're sitting there today and you're thinking to yourself, oh, well, look, I've, I've got this. I'm all good. I'm all right. Um, I, I don't feel like you know, my, balance, my balance is good and I don't have to do a check or an audit. And I would want to say to you, well, hold on a second. Don't we all have to? Shouldn't we all be doing this all the time? Does it hurt? If you have a look inside this mystery box that is our own sense of self and you discover that there are things you're taking that perhaps you shouldn't, don't you want to know? So you can do something about that. And if you have a look inside your box and you actually say, oh, I've got it. I've got these things. I do these things. I have these practices. And sometimes they hurt me to do them. Sometimes they're tough. They're hard work. But they let me bear these gifts, these fruits. Then you can rejoice in that. The people who are listening to John gained hope and they started to wonder if he was the Messiah. They gained hope because they recognized that they were prepared to give their shirts, that they were trying to live their lives as bearers of these things. And they gained a sense of joy and hope. We only have to be afraid of exercising this discipline and doing this audit of our bearing and our taking if we're concerned about what the ledger on the bottom line is going to look like. Because otherwise, we know exactly what it is that we have to do. It is our task to be bearers, bearers of hope, of peace, of joy, and of love. Let us be bearers of these fruits, fruits that last. Let us pray.